It's time to get to work. This is Digging Deeper with West Track. West Track has presented a number of webinars on topics that are important to those working in construction, mining and related industries. One of those, focused on safety in construction, pulled together an expert panel to discuss some of the very important aspects to safety performance, with a particular focus on equipment and technology. The panel consisted of Westrack's Customer Performance Manager and webinar host Gaston Chan, as well as Technology and Solutions Manager Nakia Brewer. They were joined by Caterpillar Operational Risk Consultant Jenny Krasny, and Corey Hay, who's Divisional Manager, Plant and Transport from Key West Track customer Daracon. It proved to be a broad topic that generated some great discussion and plenty of insights, so we've decided to bring it to you as a three-part episode of the Digging Deeper podcast. In this part one of our Safety in Construction episode, our panel sets the scene and identifies some of the contributors to risk and inherent issues impacting the construction sector and we hear about the importance of effective engagement and how safety starts with people and process before technology is even considered. So let's put the spotlight on you, Chenny, if that's all right. Can you please provide a bit of insight into safety performance across the various arms of the construction sector um, and perhaps at a high level explain um, you know, some of the factors contributing to risk in the sector? It would be fair to say that over the last 10 to 20 years, a lot of investment has gone into supporting health and well-being on, in the construction sector. A lot of work has particularly gone into standardising those loose ends where slips through the cracks can occur. A lot has occurred around removing the worker from the line of fire, so removing, the, removing moving parts and other things from the worker, cranes, um, high-vis and other such things have certainly played a big part. We've also seen an introduction of training and some standardisation around how people get onboarded and enter the sector. However, unfortunately, despite all of that effort, um, construction maintains the third worst um, of industries in relation to fatalities per worker per year. Now, we've increased and we've improved and we've enhanced safety, but it would be fair to say that there's still a lot of work and a lot of effort to go. Now, in terms of what are the things that get in the way, well, there's a number of factors. Construction is quite variable and certainly quite dynamic. We, we're dealing with unstable surfaces. We're dealing with things at, at, at many, many heights. We're dealing with lots of moving parts on a construction site. And so often the things that we see that contribute to risk are things like things falling from heights, people working in isolation, people being pressed in order to get things done in somewhat of an aggressive timeline. And then when we move down to the smaller construction companies and the smaller sites, then we're very much working with the mother and the father and dad operation where some of those standards and some of that rigor behind safety isn't quite there. And so we have many challenges still to come when it comes to construction. So we know that a lot of people are somewhat adverse to change. And um, Jenny, I, I assume your job involves identifying, you know, where changes are required um, and how they can be implemented to succeed. So what are some of the considerations involved in ensuring that safety processes do stick? 
Yeah, sure. And you're right. I spend a lot of time with our customers, very much supporting them get the promise out of the technology that they've purchased, whether that promise is enhanced safety, greater quality, greater efficiency, greater productivity, or even just greater consistency in an operation or on a site. So that, that's a reality. But the piece that you mentioned, the people and the process, without that aligned, it doesn't come to life. In the scheme of things, and I'm sure Kia will tell me off if I get it wrong, it's, it's easy to install the technology. That part in the scheme of things is easy. Bringing it to life and making it sustainable is something else. And so that's where bringing the two is important and specifically the people. Now, it's interesting that you say most people are resistant to change. Well, most people are less resistant about the thing, the technology or the change. They're more resistant potentially to how it's done who it's done with um, and what the promise is. So one of the ways we very much work with our customers is engage the people who are going to have to live it, embed it and embrace that as part of their day to day. So we very much work with the front lines, supported and reinforced by the top, but very much engage the people who have to live and work with the products and the technologies to create the solutions, to even pace the change in order to make it work for them. Most of our workforce becomes a champion for each other and they themselves bring everyone else along. So it's about getting the people engaged at the very beginning, you know, getting them involved in the process. And I suppose I was looking at you, Corey, and, and you were nodding your head and pretty much agreeing to, to everything that Jenny had, you know, said there. Um, so taking those points on, like, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I 100% agree with, with Jenny's comments, getting people on the journey. So the start of that journey is a voice. So through Daracom, we have multiple channels for uh, employee voice, whether it's through a consultative committee, um, but even down to the managing director, when I put a, a capital request across his desk, the first question he asked me is, the operator of this machine, what did he say about it? Uh, we've even gone as far as having an operator sign uh, specification sheets off, that they're happy with it and they're okay. And that carries as much weight as my signature does within our business. Um, when you bring those, bring that team on board early and give them that voice, you generally get better ideas. I don't operate a machine every day. Uh, these guys are living it and breathing it and even silly things like the positioning of an LED light. So when we come into winter and it gets dark sooner, um, we're putting that in the right spot for the guy to make his work easier, safer uh, and, and better for everyone on that site. So um, providing that platform for that voice to be heard and then doing something about it. Nothing will turn someone off and make them even more resistant to a change than asking for their voice, asking for their opinion and then ignoring it. Yeah. So it's well and truly taken on board uh, within our business. So um, that goes from you know machine uh, specifications of purchasing down to you know transport moves. Derek on has a, a large heavy haulage business. Uh, we move our own concrete girders around those big 80 ton girders that are 34 metres long. So the processes uh, and the people involved in, in those moves, it's quite significant. So I think uh, throughout the history of Daracon, there was a significant incident um, with one of those girders. So I pulled the process to pieces, got the guys who were doing the work, let's together, let's build what this process needs to look like, what your role is going to be, what the driver's role is going to be, what the uh, escort role is going to be, what the police's role is in all these large moves, so that we're all clear on what we're doing. It's been, the process has been built by the people who are doing the work. Um, so it should be all, all clear all the way along. And some of the best ideas about how to restrain or how to lash and, and get an engineering design and rework that engineering design have come from the guys who are doing it. You're listening to Digging Deeper with West Track.
you'll hear a consistent theme that we only really get down into the technology you know, as a last resort. A lot of these things are all people and process. We're talking about people and process here. And you know, it, it's my belief that 75% of the issues we're trying to resolve can potentially be solved at the people and process stage. So it's an interesting thing that we're sort of seeing now. And there's a lot of emphasis on the people and process now. So. And specifically, even if you have the right process in play, it does come down to the leader, the site, manager or project manager, the supervisor, and how they respond. The reality is we're beautifully fallible. We stuff up, we make mistakes. It's less about the mistake, it's more about the response you get straight away. Yeah. If it's the curiosity you talk about and go, hey, I've got this stuff, let's talk about this, let's understand how do we prevent this, how do we improve it, what's going on fosters far more people wanting to engage and be part of it as opposed to saying I've got this data what did you do that will that leads very much to a shutdown and a culture that regardless of the process will not have people embracing the technology or the equipment so I suppose you know it's engaging people that are using the machines I'm sure we've got site foremans we've got you know a level of management that we need to engage I suppose you know we, we, we understand what we need to do with the coal-facing people, but what about the managers? What about the training for them? How do we get them on board? So I think with uh, a lot of project managers, uh, core focus is building the job. That's the function of their day job. That's what they do. Um, they report on uh, the financial impacts or upside of, of getting a project completed, but certainly engaging those guys in uh, the process of, you're not maximizing the efficiency of your workspace. Um, let's have a look at this method and see if we can work out a better way. We bring in the operator of the machine and let's talk about a better way to do this job so that it gets done with maximum efficiency uh, and safety uh, to generate a better outcome. So I think the project manager team, I think they're starting to get that piece, um, how it's, the, the outcomes of, uh, of their project are intrinsically linked with, in our case, machine operation and operators driving machines. They are intrinsically linked and they're now understanding that link. Absolutely. Every site, regardless of site, small or large, construction or mining, Nothing exists in isolation. Nothing exists in a vacuum. Everything either directly or indirectly impacts one another. So installing technology and having people embrace the equipment is not just let's work with the front line, the people most impacted, but we need to work with the planners. We need to work with the schedulers. We need to work with the logistics people and the contractors coming in and out. How do we maneuver around some of these this equipment? What are the new safety protocols? And of course, how do we relate and engage the top line leadership and management around messaging and reinforcing and asking the questions that keep the technology and the equipment alive? Because at the end of the day, if my manager's asking, it's important to them. If they don't, we ignore. Thanks for tuning in to part one of Safety in Construction. It's clear that effective safety performance is typically the result of people being engaged early and continuously, processes being defined appropriately, and all stakeholders being involved to define, refine and assess decisions. Be sure to listen to part two in which the panel delves into data, and more particularly the ways in which data is being analysed to drive better decisions when it comes to safety performance. It's time to knock off for another episode of Digging Deeper with Westrack. For more episodes, head over to westrack.com.au.